0: The Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than
1: most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. down! Four.
2: You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Podcast, the DFS edition. I'm Jason Sobel from GolfBet. He is Len Hochberg from Roto-Wire, and we're here to break down our favorite DFS plays and favorite DFS fades for a very big week, the 150th Open Championship at the Old Course at St. Andrews, the final major of the year, the final time we'll see all the best golfers in the world together, at least for this year, and maybe for longer, who knows? Uh, This is indeed a celebration, perhaps the greatest celebration in golf storied history the oldest tournament on the most venerable golf course in the world. And certainly, uh, all the big games, best players ready to go out there and try to win this thing. In any case, we're going to break it down for you. Len, what's going on? How, how pumped are you on a scale of one to 10? How pumped are you for this week?
3: I'm getting there. I'm not quite at a 10. I I think I'm probably in the eight and a half to nine range. And, uh, I was riding this morning and, um, I don't know, seem to be trying extra hard to make it a good story. You know, Whenever we write, we want it to be good. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's some weeks we spend a little more time and just want it to be a little better and hope a few more people read it. And this seems to be one of those weeks. So pretty, pretty excited. Uh, yeah,
2: same. I, I spent pretty much all day uh, writing my preview yesterday. I think I wrote like 4,200 words on this thing. At some point, you go, OK, it's enough. We, we got a long week coming, so uh, we can't get too... Uh, to into all the preview content but the first thing before we start getting into the top tier on DFS where there are a lot of very interesting selections uh, you're very good talking about game theory on a weekly basis Len for those who listen to us every single week and for those who are just getting into it for the first time and trying to get some tips on who to play in DFS give me a little game theory on what you're thinking for this week at St. Andrews.
3: Yeah, I, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I'm trying to keep my comments under, uh, I don't know, 40 minutes here. There's uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, there's really so much to talk about. I mean, one thing I was thinking that we, we so often get into uh, the stats of greens and regulations and strokes gain this and strokes gain that, and it just seems that – I don't want to say everything gets thrown out the window this week, but there's so much different about Lynx golf. There's so many different ways to play – You know, I I guess for the uninitiated, I would say that this golf course, we'll we'll see the the golf ball lower to the ground more than most weeks uh, where golf is through the air on the PGA Tour. And that brings into so many more possibilities and uh, in terms of what clubs, people, players use and things like that. And I will say that, you know, most of the golfers on the PGA Tour, at least the Americans, this is not their forte And I think it opens up a lot of uh, opportunities for golfers we're not as familiar with to play well this week. You know, one thing that was really interesting, I look back at the last four open championships this decade, and the scores were between 15 under and 19 under. I think everyone is expecting this to be like a bloodbath, like a three under Oakmont uh, US Open type thing. And it's just not the case. but I think the most imaginative players who were able to play really well around the greens and do all kinds of different things with different clubs, we've seen them in the past. I think they'll be there again on uh, on Sunday. It's really hard to, to, to crystallize everything so quickly. Len, the forecast
2: calls for highs of 68 to 72 range each day, winds of 10 to 15 miles an hour, maybe spiking at 20 to 25. But that's really not much for over there. I'm telling you, they're going to obliterate this golf course. There will be more than a few pieces written uh, by Saturday night. And certainly after Sunday, if it continues, if the weather does not get uh, worse, windier, sideways rain, if it doesn't happen, there will be pieces written and uh, debates happening on TV as to whether St. Andrews is indeed obsolete against today's players. There are at least three drivable par fours. All the par fives are reachable in two. I mean, Tiger Woods, who certainly isn't the longest hitter anymore, in the celebration of champions, just hit and giggle on Monday afternoon, uh, not only drove the green on 18, drove it through the green. I mean, it's just, it, it's firm, it's fast, and these guys are going to absolutely uh, just take it to this golf course. We're going to see a lot of low scores. I, I'd expect something at least 20 under, maybe even 22 under winning this golf tournament this week. Again, that's weather dependent. uh, But I wouldn't be surprised if we see some 63s, 64s, maybe even a 62 to match Brandon Grace's all-time major championship record. Look, we saw Cameron Tringali shoot a 61 last week at the Scottish Open on a course which was playing ostensibly much tougher than the old course will play this week. I would not put that out of the realm of possibility. I've seen that at 20 to 1 in the betting marketplace where you can find uh, a guy shooting the all-time major championship record. I do think that could happen this week. So let's get into the DFS possibilities. We're looking at DraftKings this week, and we'll make a lineup at the end of this as we always do. It starts at the top with the favorite this week, Rory McIlroy. He's 11,100 on DraftKings, followed in the five-digit range by Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, and Jordan Speeds. Len, who do you like? Who do you hate?
3: Yeah, I think it's fair that Rory is the, the top guy. You know, he, well, he's won this tournament. He's finished second in this tournament. He's finished third in this tournament. He's finished fourth in this tournament. He's finished fifth in this tournament. Uh, you know he has more experience than some of the other players not that that matters much to Colin Morikawa but I think he does deserve to be the number one pick and I like him and he's playing well now with three top tens in the majors already this year Uh, you know the one consideration for Rory and I did put him number one in my full field rankings is the pressure Uh, it seems like there's always so much pressure on him in the open championship we saw what happened when it was in uh northern ireland in 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 2019 at royal port rush he really just withered under the pressure and maybe the weather as well he didn't even make the cut but i do like him and uh and i I guess if i would pick a second guy actually i do like him as well as jordan speed you know i talked earlier about needing the imagination to be able to play different kinds of shots here um Jordan Spieth has won an Open. I think when we think of imagination, maybe we think of Tiger Woods first, and I do, and then I would think of Jordan Spieth second. And let's not forget that in 2015, Jordan Spieth came very close to getting in the playoff at St. Andrews, had a bogey on 17, missed the playoff by one shot. I'm sure he has not forgotten that. Those are my two plays in the top top tier.
2: Lynn, I'm completely on the same page with you. I am all aboard the Rory train this week. I think every narrative is pointing in his direction. It feels very much like John Rahm prior to last year's U.S. Open where he was the betting favorite and every sign was pointing right at him. And we looked at it and said, well, it's a short number. And, yeah, he's expensive in DFS. Do I really want to do it? And the answer was, yes, you really want to do it. And it made way too much sense. I think Rory makes way too much sense this week. I I really like him. And, Here's a little fast fact for you. The 50th ever edition of the Masters tournament was 1986. Guy named Jack Nicklaus won that week. The 100th U.S. Open was back in 2000 at Pebble Beach. Tiger Woods won by 15 that week. The 150th Open Championship, look, if the trend holds, the pattern, the coincidence, whatever you want to call it, I don't think we're going to have somebody who comes out of left field and wins this thing. I think it's going to be a big-name player, and my money – quite literally will be on Rory McIlroy this week. He might be the only guy that I play outright this week just because I like him that much. I get that it's a short number. I get that he's expensive in DFS, but uh, to me, I, I have not made, and I will, but I've not made a lineup yet of all the lineups that, that I've made so far. And we're speaking now on Monday afternoon that doesn't have Rory in it. I, I like him that much moving down the list a little bit. I'm right with you on, on the number two guy and he'll be, uh, I'm going to rank the field as well. Uh, Should be out Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, I'm going to have Rory number one, obviously. And number two on my list is Jordan Spieth. For all the reasons that you mentioned, his creativity around the greens gives him a nice little advantage there. Uh, I assume we're going to see the full Spieth spectrum again this week, as we saw last week, holding out wedge shots from the fairway, missing four-footers for par. I mean, it's just a little bit of everything, but I do think the good is going to outweigh the bad. I'm neutral on Scheffler and Morikawa. And I'm fading John Rahm and Justin Thomas, neither of whom have really had their best stuff recently. All right, we moved down below 10,000. And uh, Len, there's something very interesting here because unlike most weeks in DFS, the pricing was out, what, about a week ago, even more than that? And so when you look here, you go, whoa, Xander Shoffley, the hottest player in the game, if they were to do the prices on Monday after he won the Scottish Open, my guess is Xander would be somewhere in the, 10 7 10 8 range instead he's at 9900 maybe that's a little bit of a discount on Xander Shoffley that said if you and I know it everybody else knows it too and so if you're playing a a big contest of GPP well uh, Xander's the type of guy that's going to get a lot of love from the public this week he's followed in the 9000s by Matt Fitzpatrick, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Smith, Patrick Cantley, Shane Lowry, Dustin Johnson, Hideki Matsuyama, and Victor Hovland. Where are you going from this year?
3: Yeah, it was it, very interesting. Yeah, I'm right on you with Xander Shockley. I checked this morning as I'm writing. He shot up in the in the sports book to 12 to 1 to number 2 right behind Rory. We have the advantage, uh, as does everyone else playing uh, DFS, that his price is really undervalued at 99. And uh, whatever it was, I looked at him. He was 10000 last year, so he's even gone down from last year. Mm. Um He's the hottest player going. going. Uh, he does well in all the majors. Generally, this, I guess, would be his worst major, but he does have a runner-up here in 2018 at Carnoustie, Francesco Molinari's win. So uh, he can play this course. You know, I don't think I'm separating myself there by telling people about Xander Shopley and probably similarly with Matt Fitzpatrick. One of the most impressive things about Matt Fitzpatrick, beside winning the U.S. Open, was that he came back right in his next start at the Scottish Open and he was right in the thick of things again. Didn't have that hangover, didn't have that major hangover, everything. Maybe the pressure will be ratcheted up a little bit more this week. Cam Smith, I'm, I'm probably in the tank too much for Cam Smith just about every week. But if, the, but if things start to get dicey and you really need to play around the green and stuff, that's where he can come into play. So I would check the weather. If the weather gets worse, I think my interest in Cam Smith would get better. And Shane Lowry, um, I had only eight guys in my top tier of rankings favorites, normally 10 or 12. I had really trouble coming up with that many this week. Shane Lowry was in that top eight at number eight, 9,300. I mean, that's $600 cheaper than Xander Shopley right there. There's a big separation from the top guys all the way down to 93. I like him uh, for a lot of obvious reasons as a, as a a great uh, player on, on the links. He's won. he was 12th uh, last year.
2: Yeah. So I've got three guys from this range that I, I really like. And a couple for obvious reasons, you mentioned two of them at the end there, Cameron Smith. Look, the one thing he doesn't do well is find fairways. It doesn't necessarily matter on this golf course. Now, granted, you don't want to hit your drives into the face of pot bunkers, but quite frankly, uh, that's just blind luck anyway, whether you hit it uh, you know, 320 down the middle and it skirts a bunker and goes another 50 yards down the fairway or catches the lip and rolls into the bunker and you got to chip it out sideways. Uh, I hate to say it because we look at analytics, we look at metrics, we look at all the data, but luck is going to play a big part in what happens this week. Cameron Smith, hey, look, maybe like spraying it and taking the bunkers completely out of play could be a decent play this week. But no, I I do think Cam is a really nice play. I I like him where you can use the ground to to play the ball. Patrick Cantley is a little interesting. He's almost like Colin Morikawa in that we've expected him to play really well at majors, and yet, this wouldn't be the one where we'd think it was going to happen, and yet Mor- Morikawa did it last year. Cantley was very good last week at the Scottish Open. That surprised me. Uh, I still I, I probably won't have a lot of Cantley. I do really like Shane Lowry. He burned me at the U.S. Open. He was my favorite play on the board. He putted horribly and missed the cut by one. I, I think he'll come back and play better this week. And then here, here's a little sort of I, – I know we don't get contrarian plays in the 9,000 range usually. It's guys that we all know and we all like. Victor Hovland has really done everything pretty well this year. He's in the top 30 in strokes gained off the tee approach shots and putting around the green. We all know he can't chip and he's dead last on the PGA tour in strokes gained around the greens. Well, around the greens here at St. Andrews is essentially a putter. If he doesn't ever want to take out a wedge, he doesn't have to. And I think that will negate and minimize his disadvantage on this golf course. Hasn't played well for months, but I think you can get Victor Hovland at maybe a, a decent ownership percentage, get some leverage there in the DFS marketplace. So I like him. One other note, Will Zalatoris at 9,600 also feels a little like Morikawa last year where, look, we can get burned. He's a world-class ball striker, and even if he doesn't have that much links experience, look, it worked for Morikawa. It could work for Zalatoris, but I, I just don't like it. I think too many people are just going to blindly look at him and say, He plays great at majors. I'm going to take him. I don't like Zalatoris this week. I will hold off on Zalatoris in a major for another nine months until we get to Augusta. We are now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Brettwish and Spencer Aguiar. These guys are golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets here to provide their favorite top five, top 10 and top 40 plays.
0: Thank you, Jason. We are very excited to be back with the Action Network for a major edition of the Open Championship at St. Andrews in Scotland. I will kick us off in the top placement market. I'm going to buy low on a guy that seemed to be priced at minus 150 or shorter in the top 40 market over the past month, but is now inflated to plus 140 after a very bad week at the Scottish Open last week. That is Cam Young, Plus 140 on FanDuel. Cam is someone I think is a great, great course fit. He's played successfully in the wind. He can putt very well on all surfaces, especially the slow greens. His proximities within a hundred yards and in are incredible. His around the green is very skillful inside of fifty yards. I'm just going to buy low on the bomber of Cam Young. I think one of the more erratic parts of his game is maybe missing T, t- shots wayward off the T with these wide fairways. I think this is an excellent spot to buy low on Cam Young. I'll follow that up with Hideki Matsuyama top 30 on FanDuel is plus 130. My model seemed the price right around even money. Hideki has gained strokes putting in his past four events. His proximities are incredible. That should fit this course well. I don't really love his upside here to win the event in a birdie fest. Likely a, a muster some rain here, but I love Hideki Matsuyama to finish inside the top 30. And then I will have two more plays. I'm going a little up the board there with Adri Arnas, Top 40 on FanDuel is plus 240. is a guy that I've been kind of keeping my eye on. Going into this event, he seems to be in really good form as a European golfer. He hits the ball long, his proximities are strong, and he's also a very good putter on this slow surface. And then my favorite play of the board is Russell Henley, top 40 on FanDuel, as well as plus 240. Spencer, I know you're digging this card as well. What do you like about Russell Henley?
1: Yeah, there's a lot to like about Russell Henley this week, and I'm not a comp course guy, but the Masters has been a common one I've heard about in this space this week over and over again. In Henley's past five showings at Augusta, we have seen finishes of 30th, 15th, 11th, 21st, and 31st. He ranks eighth in my model for weighted proximity. I know he's number one in Nick's model for that. He's fifth for driving accuracy, which should help him create some extra rollout on these firm fairways. And he's also one of the best players in the world when we look at these short to medium length par four holes. I bet Adam Scott top 40 at plus 155 on FanDuel. That is minus 110 on DraftKings. There's a pretty big discrepancy there. Scott ranks 10th in my model from an overall standpoint and is also inside the top 10 for safety. Those are always the two more critical factors I look into when trying to bet someone as a top 40 play. It doesn't mean I won't go outside the box with a volatile option if I can number grab a price that is off. But Scott features the two most important skill sets that I weighed this week in my model, which would be short iron proximity and three-putt avoidance. There are a ton of different ways to attack St. Andrews if you miss a green in regulation. But the one that is being marginally ignored is the ability for players to putt from anywhere off the surface. Thanks to the limited rough and wide open green complexes, that potential helped Scott move from 114th place when looking at just strokes skiing around the green to inside the top 35 in three-putt avoidance. And I had this price closer to the minus 110 number that you could find on DraftKings versus the plus 155 number that you can secure currently on FanDuel. Uh, surprise, surprise to anybody who listens to this show weekly. I took Webb Simpson top 40 plus 185 FanDuel plus 130 DraftKings. I maintain my belief that the results for Webb are worse than the performances that he is putting together. If we exclude the John Deere Classic, he has gained in his past five tournaments, both off the tee and approach. And it has historically been these slow surfaces like St. Andrews, where Simpson has been able to take advantage of his flat stick prowess. He's 10th in this field when it comes to three putt avoidance on these slow, methodical tests. And we also get top five outputs in windy conditions and my re-weighted par four scoring that took all 14 holes and molded them into one answer. Webb hasn't finished outside the top 40 in his past six Open Championship tournaments, which includes the result at St. Andrews in 2015. And I feel like he's going under the radar in all markets. I really like Thomas Peters' top 40 plus 150 FanDuel plus 130 DraftKings. It just comes down to if I trust the recalculated three-putt numbers that I ran, which places him 25th in this field, or the two-year sample size on all green complexes where he grades 122nd. Uh, You're going to hear me say this a lot if you follow my shows, but to me, Peters is an under-the-radar carbon copy of Ryan Fox, and the top 25 ranks for both distance and short iron proximity should come in handy at St. Andrews. And then the long shot of the week for me will be Phil Mickelson, top 40 plus 300 FanDuel, plus 250 DraftKings, Look, I'm not going to argue that he probably misses the cut, but all the recalculated metrics to mimic St. Andrews quickly starts to propel him up the board when comparing the data. He's 66th in expected way to tee to green at a normal track, 30th here, 56th in putting, first at St. Andrews. That would be tied with Patrick Reed. And the short iron proximity under 100 yards places him inside the top 20 over my two-year running model, which is one of the reasons he's, he ranks 17th in the redistributed data points to make up my par four scoring categories. Uh, It's not going to be a shock if he, you know, just completely implodes here. But I like Mickelson at plus 300. And then I just want to quickly touch Nick on your Cameron Young play. He is number one in my model when it comes to total driving plus short iron. So that's essentially going to take all these guys that are going to be able to take advantage of these shorter par fours and then throw the short iron proximity into the mix. So uh, that's something worth noting. I think this is a really good setup for Cameron Young this week.
0: I love most of that besides Phil. So we got Cameron Young top 40. We have Adrian arnes top 40, Hideki Matsuyama top 30, Russell Henley top 40, Adam Scott top 40, Webb Simpson top 40, Thomas Peters top 40, and yeah, Phil Mickelson, top 40. But I'm very, very much excited to watch this tournament. Good luck to everybody. And we will kick it back to you, Jason.
2: Let's look at the eights uh, Sam Burns, Louis Oustazen, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, Sunjay M., Corey Connors, Bryson DeChambeau, and Joaquin Neiman. Some good options there. You're probably going to need to have at least one of these guys in the lineup. Where are you looking?
3: Yeah, I'll, I don't know if I'm going to have uh, Louis Oustazen in my lineup. I, I don't know if I will, but. You know, he is such a hard guy, uh, at least for me. I mean, candidly, he's a live guy. I'm not thrilled with that. He's won at St. Andrews. He finished second at St. Andrews. You know, he uh, he's not the player he was seven years ago, but um, he's still a pretty good player. And I think he's going to get a lot of attention there. So maybe I can more justify staying away from him that he'll have high high ownership. Uh, I would throw out uh, Tyrell Hatton, not for a cash game, but for uh, for a GPP or a tournament game, he's $8,700. He is maddening, uh, probably to himself as well. He's played nine opens. He's made only three cuts. Two of them were sixth place. Uh, mm-hmm. you talk about, uh, I mean, that's him in a nutshell, right? And then he's talking to his putter and he's blaming... Who knows? uh, Valley Valley of the Sin or something on something out there. So yeah, he's not for the faint of heart. But if you you know there is tremendous upside with Tyrrell Hatton at 8,700. Tommy Fleetwood 86. I liked him last week and he came in top five uh, again for a lot. I'm going with a lot of these Brits. This is more familiar for with them. Tommy Fleetwood has performed well on some Opens. Uh, He's also a terrific scrambler, uh, which we don't, I don't think a lot of people really think about with Tommy Fleetwood, but he is, and that will come in handy this week. And my last play in the 8,000 down at 8,400, Tony Finau, uh, Utah, very far from Britain, but um, he's had great success in this tournament before. He's, I don't know if he's ever missed a cut. He hasn't had a top, Well, he did finish third one year, but he's finished 18th, 27th, 9th, two top tens, and a 15th uh, last year. So he plays these uh, courses. He has not played St. Andrews, but he plays the open uh, road pretty darn well.
2: Yeah, and he's been playing well lately, too. You look at him, 13th in the Travelers, missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but runner-up at the Canadian Open and fourth at Colonial. Uh, He has really started uh, turning it on here in the summer. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of on the same page with you. Tyrrell Hatton is your prototypical high ceiling, low floor type of player. Yes. He has a chance to be in contention come the back nine on Sunday. He also has a chance to be smashing his four iron into, you know, some car window while walking off the golf course on Friday afternoon. And I'm not sure which one is a better chance for Hatton. So just kind of know what you're getting into. If you put him into a lineup, I agree he's more of a GPP play than a cash game play. Tommy Fleetwood, I echo everything you said. We didn't have a pod last week. He was my favorite play on the board. Uh, would have been nicer if he had uh, gotten just a few more birdies on Sunday and maybe had a chance to win that thing at the end, instead finishes top five. I think it's been, it's been a long time coming for Tommy, where he's started playing some solid, consistent golf. I do believe he needed last week where just one of those finishes, just something up there on the leaderboard, get the juices flowing again. Uh, the hair is always flowing. I think Tommy Fleetwood's going to be a guy. I, I've got him actually third on my ranking of the field this week. Rory, Jordan, and then Tommy. And then I'm going to throw another name out at you. This is, maybe you put it in the, the all-combustible, high-ceiling, low-floor squad with Hovland and Hatton, as I mentioned. But Bryson DeChambeau, I, I'm just, I, look, I get it. As soon as I mention the name, people are going, oh, come on, hey, Bryson. Hey. He doesn't have a top 50 in a full-field event since last August. I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting here telling you, I love Bryson, he's going to win. Listen to, think about it. I'm not sure that he's fully healthy, but if he is, Bryce can absolutely pound driver all over the place on this golf course. It takes, we talk about Victor Hoblin negating the disadvantage that he sometimes has with the wedges around the greens. Bryson DeChambeau, worst part of his game is the iron play. He might not hit an iron all week. It might be literally driver, couple of wedges and a putter. I'll go out there with, you know, one of those little carry bags and uh, I don't even need to bring that many clubs. <laughs> I just have four of them because he's just not going to need to hit that many out there. I, look, I don't necessarily want to put them in a lot of lineups, but if you're going with our, our buddy Reed Fowler from DraftKings also often talks about stacking your lineups. And I, and I know this is more of a, a football or a baseball type of strategy where football, okay, I'm, I'm taking Mahomes and I'm going to take, three other Chiefs receivers, and if he throws touchdowns to each of those guys, I'm going to win. I'm going to take the two through five hitters in the Yankees lineup. If they all hit home runs, I'm going to win some money today. You don't think about it in terms of golf, but if you're looking at a essentially combustible lineup, I'm going with guys who are all or nothing, who are going to be really good or really bad. Let's try it. I don't mind putting Bryson in that type of lineup. This week, Len. All right, let's move down to the 7,000s, starting with Max Homa, as Daniel Berger is out of the tournament at 79. Starts with Homa and works its way down. Who are some names you like here?
3: I wanted to piggyback quickly on what you said there. Yeah, because I was thinking the same thing, and I don't think it would be a good thing, but it could happen. This tournament, you know, they always talk about it opens and other big tournaments, you know, you got to use every club in your bag. But really, this could be driver-wedge, 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 and that would not be a good thing for uh, the old course. It would not be a good thing for the Open Championship. I hope that doesn't happen, but it certainly could happen. Um, Seven thousands. Max Homa, I don't think I'm ready to play him. He's certainly been playing better in the majors. He played very well last week. He went out and famously played another 18 after his round on Friday and played another Lynx round so you could see his dedication. And uh, he faded a little bit on Sunday. Uh, maybe he was just tired, but um, he's certainly just off my list there. Uh, I, who I like, Webb Simpson, $7,600. If this gets into a short game, wedge, putter, uh, he's made eight of nine cuts uh, at the Open Championship, top 20s two of the past three years. Seamus Power. I've actually been seeing him a lot in a lot of places. So this is not going to be a necessarily a cash game play. Seventy four hundred dollars. He's had a great year in the majors. Uh, Never played an open before. He was 30th at the Irish Open last week or two weeks ago. I think that was kind of pressure filled for him. Some more Euros here. Westwood, Justin Rose, Jordan Smith. Jordan Smith, another top 25 last week. At the Scottish, top 25 at the Irish. I think he's got Mm -hmm. seven top 25s in a row now. What impressed me last week, uh, and he is 7,200, impressed me last week. He really moved up in in class last week. The field was much stronger at the Scottish than anything he played before, and he was still able to do it. And I'm going to go throw two other names down at the bottom of the sevens, Harris English, Danny Willett, I think underpriced. I think they can both make it to the weekend.
2: Yeah, so I've got a bunch of names. I'm just going to run through the list here. But, uh, it starts with Max Homa. I know you said you're not totally sold on him. I think Homa's a really nice play. I think you have to think, though, especially in big contests, and I was asked on, on my radio show today, I was uh, hosting with Gary Williams. Gary said, you know, is Max Homa getting the love in the, the betting marketplace that he should? I said, you know, he's probably getting too much of it right now because he's a popular guy. He's on social media. A lot of people Like him, a lot of people want to bet with their hearts as much as their heads. Hey, if I'm going to root for somebody this week, I want to root for Max because I really like him. I think the same thing goes for DFS. Yes, we all want to win money, but sometimes you throw a guy in your lineup because you like the guy. And so I think Max Homa's ownership percentages are often maybe a couple of points higher just because people like Max Homa, they want to root for Max Homa, and they want to have him in their lineup just so they can do that on a given week. That said, I do really like him. I love Robert McIntyre at his price this week, 7,600. I think he's a great price for him. He's played two open championships. He's got a sixth and an eighth place finish. I'll say it, Tiger Woods, I, I think he makes the cut this week. I think he can have two good rounds, sort of like the Masters, where it's like he's hanging around for two rounds, maybe falls off the pace a little bit. But if he's ever going to play well somewhere, this seems like it would be the place. He's had it circled on his calendar for a while. It's more of a make cut, maybe a top 30, top 40 prop bet this week for me, more so than a a DFS play at this number. But if you really like it, I I don't necessarily hate it. Uh, Thomas Peters has played some good golf. Ryan Fox has played really well. Sahit Figala, the last player in the field after Daniel Berger withdrew late last week, I think is a really nice play at 7,100. I was very interested to see where they would price him at since he got in there late. And then, Lastly, the name that you mentioned, Jordan Smith, and this goes back to uh, the early pricing that they put out for this event Len. Uh, Jordan Smith is a guy that a week ago, I'm not sure a whole lot of people were looking at. I'm not sure a whole lot of people even knew his name. They're like, wait, Jordan Smith, Cameron Smith. Who are you talking about? No, Jordan Smith plays primarily on the DP world tour. He's had a great season, made that hole in one last week. They showed it on TV a million times. And so now I think everyone's looking at Jordan Smith and, Probably the ownership percentage is going to be much higher than it would have been originally, but uh, he is at at a really good price. Just know that if we know it and you know it listening out there, everybody else knows it as well. So I I could see a lot of people on Smith this week. All right. Six thousands. You always have uh, a few nice plays for us in this range. Who you got?
3: I'm going to struggle here. I am going to struggle here. It's, um, I keep wanting to look at guys. And every time I look at somebody who I, I like them for a reason, I, I could find a reason uh, not like to not like them. I mean, one guy I really like, and, and this is before he finished third at the Scottish Open. I had him down to make the cut this week Is Ju Young Kim, the uh, Korean. You know, very often we see some of these players come over from Asia and, we, you know, and they're tearing up the Asian tour, the Japan tour, and they just don't get it done here. And he is showing that he can be different. He's only 20 years old. I liked him because he was 17th at the Byron Nelson. He was top 25 at the U.S. Open even before he finished third last week. So unfortunately, though, I think, again, uh, he's going to be a popular play. He's only 6,500. He, again, he's another guy who would be maybe in the 7,200 7, range if the prices came out after the Scottish Open. Um Kevin Kisner, 6,900. I don't think we think of Kevin Kisner when we think of the open, but he makes the cut most of the time. Uh, and and especially if the short game really uh, you know, pans out and you really need to play well around the greens and he'll get extra distance from his drives where it's always where he is hurt. I, I like him as well. And um, maybe Stuart Sink at $6,800. He's, he's played... Uh, well, in the opens through the years, and uh, I think he will. he's played enough of the these courses to know how to play them, whether at 49 years old, uh, the skill level is still there. I'm not quite sure.
2: Yeah, there are a lot of names in this range that I want to get to, and I think, at least for me and, and my way of thinking, I don't necessarily want to do a Stars and Scrubs kind of lineup this week, but if I'm trying to wedge Rory and Jordan, my two favorite players, into the same lineup, I'm going to have to dip down to the 6,000s at some point, but I do think there's some value here. Kisner, you just mentioned, he's played well at the open in the past. I think he's a guy that uh, doesn't hit it a long way, but I don't think you need to this week. Uh, it's fast and firm. He can flate his golf ball down. I, I like that. Keith Mitchell um, is a guy that, look, I-, I just, every single week I say the same thing. I really like him. He remains undervalued in the marketplace, played well on the weekend at the Scottish last week. Some other names, Lucas Herbert, Audrey Arnest, Justin Harding, Jason Scrivener, Thomas Dietrich is one of my absolute favorite plays in the field this week. Two top 20s in his last three starts. This kid is really, really good. He hasn't won on the DP World Tour, but he has nine career top three finishes. Uh, The guy is a very solid player. 6,600 is a great number for him. And then a player, I'm going to admit, I didn't know who Thriston Lawrence was until about a month ago, but... This kid's playing some really good golf right now, South African. He's got some game. Played well last week. Uh, I would take a chance on him. I don't think the ownership percentage is going to be too high on Thriston Lawrence this week. All right. As we do every single week on the Podline, time to make our own lineup on DraftKings.
1: Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away.
2: We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because God damn it. That's what I demand of you.
3: So let's get drafting. Where do you want to go with this thing? Yeah, I think we're, I think we're both going to want to get our, our big guns in here. So, um, I, we're going to have to figure out how to do it somehow, but, uh, I'll throw your, I think your favorite I'll leave for you. My favorite is, is Jordan Spieth. Uh, I actually think that he is a pretty good price here. Uh, I could see him being a few hundred dollars more, a few hundred dollars more there. Um, so, but he, but you know, just for the reasons, the course history played well last week, um, played well at St. Andrews, $10,000.
2: Look, you and I both have the same two names at the top. It's Jordan, it's Rory McIlroy. And so let's load up with the top guys that we both like and try to find some value elsewhere. But 11,100, I'm still going to have a lot of Rory McIlroy this week. Uh, that leaves us with four spots left and an average remaining player of 7,000. Two hundred and twenty-five. So yeah, we've got to save a little bit of money. But like I said, there's some names. It's not like no names uh, below that number.
3: All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna go. Well, I'm gonna go a little bit under there. Um, and and I'm gonna go Danny Willett. Danny Willett. If I can say this affectionately, seems to me sometimes to be a bit of a knucklehead. You know, he just seems to. He- He really has game. When he has game, he really has game. I mean, I know that Jordan Spieth kicked away the Masters, but he was the one right there waiting for it. So and he's won some tournaments. He now has a DP World Tour tournament named after him. uh, The British Masters sponsored by Danny Willett or something. But he's made seven of nine cuts in 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 opens. He has a pair of top tens in the open's. Uh, he just see, this seems to be one of his best weeks of the year. Every year, 7,000, we can get him through the weekend.
2: I like that. I'm going back and forth between three guys here, 7,300 per player left to spend on the last three. Robert McIntyre's at 7,800. I like that. Jordan Smith at 72. I like that. Actually four players, I guess. (sighs) Thomas Dietry at 66. I, I might still get to Dietry. This is tough. Quite frankly, when I make a lot of lineups, I'll have each combination of this. But for the sake of the pod, I'm going to 7,100 just because there's a guy who's obviously in form. He, by all records, uh, all accounts, is super thrilled to be in this field, the last man in the field. I'm telling you, at some point in the next two to three years, Sahith Figala is going to be one of the favorites at a major championship. He is that good. I don't know if he can play on links. I don't know if he's got what it takes to to figure out Scottish golf this quickly. What I do know is he's got a tremendous amount of talent. I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him this week. At 7,100, I feel pretty good about
3: Thigala. Just an incredible talent. I was very happy to see him get into the field. You know, uh, I'm actually surprised that now the first alternate, Alex Norin, has not gotten in and doesn't look like he will get in. He would have been a guy to consider as well. I don't know if he has a DFS price, probably not. Okay, so what are we we left with here? 7,400 per man. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to go. uh, As you were just struggling with that last pick, I'm struggling here as well. You know, I'm gonna go another 7,000. I mean, Harris English has really impressed me that he's gotten back to being informed so quickly. Uh, after his hip surgery. And then he showed that he could play back-to-back weeks and the hip still held up. Um, I don't know how high a finish he'll have this week, but I'm pretty sure he'll make the cut. He's not a young kid anymore. He has played enough opens to kind of figure out how to get around the course and navigate his way to the weekend. And, and I think that's what we're going to need because certainly with Spieth and McElroy, uh, not a lot of room to negotiate. And also it's going to be very hard to get six for six. I really think uh, get your guy through to the weekend and then hope something good happens there.
2: Well, you left me 7,800 and that makes my decision pretty easy. Uh, I love Robert McIntyre this week. The the local kid from Scotland, he's played nine major championships. He's made the cut in all of them. Hasn't been a great year for him. He's fallen outside the top hundred in the world ranking, but I really think that he's had this one circled on his calendar for a long time. He was mad. He called himself livid after missing the cut at the Scottish Open last week. I think he bounces back in a big way at this one. 7,800 spends all our money, but I do think we've uh, differentiated enough. Harris English, Bob McIntyre, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Saih Figala, and Danny Willett. What do you think, Len?
3: If you would have told me after McIlroy and Spieth that we wouldn't have to dip into the 6,000s at all, yeah, I, I would have not believed you. But, yeah, uh, how about that. Yeah, we yeah we're no. yeah. Have, yeah. I mean, I think we want to have. I think when you, when you have a lineup, you know, obviously there's an advantage to having the winner. There's bonus points and everything. You want to have the winner this week, uh, duh. But if you can get two big guns, two of the guys who you think can win, and and that's what we've done with our lineup. Uh, that's pretty good to get two out of six right there. Yeah, I like that. So
2: that's the lineup this week. We appreciate everybody for listening to this edition of links and locks. Remember, you can listen to links and locks anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen every single week. For Len Hochberg, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your DFS lineups for this week's Open Championship. Here's Open, you hit the green.